Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's May Checks It Discussion Group call for Tactical Sovereignty. And, you know, originally when I set up, these meetings and that's one we're doing on what is normally our typical sunday uh broadcast we normally do it at 9 p.m eastern we're doing this one at 8 p.m eastern a little bit earlier this evening but initially when these were set up it was set up because i noticed that in the group on social media that i'd started there was a lot of people with a lot of questions and a lot of people trying to chime in with uh, mostly incorrect info on people that could tell probably never been to court other than maybe to go in and pay a traffic fine or something like that. And so I decided, you know, maybe the best thing to do and a bunch of other members agreed would be to start up a weekly, you know, podcast call where we all get to know each other and do kind of Q and that sort of thing. And so I started it up and, uh, Lo and behold, guess what? Uh, none of the people that wanted to do it ever showed up to do any of them. But a few times along the way, we've had a few members that have wanted to come on. And I would say 90% of the time when people want to do this and join, uh, they end up either getting cold feet or uh, they're like, hold on, give, it, give me 10 minutes. I got something I can do. I'll be right back. And I sit there and wait for an hour after everything's been set up. And then hear back from them like two days later and say, oh, I'm sorry, I got doing something else and I forgot. And so you know exactly what the situation is. They just don't want to man up or woman up or whatever the case may be and say exactly what their issue was. But either way, uh, we've got a group member with us this evening, Max, who I was talking with here to go and we decided to do one of these episodes and max has been one of the 10 percent who actually did show up so yeah wanna uh be grateful to you max for not checking out and uh coming forward and re- really appreciate that so uh, for somebody that's brand new it takes a little bit of gut, a bit of uh intestinal to maybe on their part in order to do it and uh, i think that's important and we all need to be able to be that way, though, because especially if you're being fed a line of stuff that they tell you to say in court or whatever, if you don't have the cojones to come on a call and just talk to somebody about it, uh, what do you think you're going to do when you're standing there in front of the administrator or the so-called judge or whatever? You're going to cold feet there faster than you would even over just a regular telephone call. So anyway, I want to thank you, Max, for being on here. And uh, why don't you introduce yourself and uh, what brought you to where you are today? Thank you, Brian. I really appreciate this more than you know. Um, I, I myself am a little nervous, but uh, I told myself I was going to go through with it no matter what. And so here I am. And really, it's more f- not for me, but for my family, my kids. 
because I, if there's anything I can pass all, on to them, it's not materialistic things. It's knowledge that to me, it's, I don't know, worth more than all the things in the world because, you know, from what I'm seeing or understanding or comprehending now is that the things that they're learning and I've been learning all my life are not what they seem to be. So as hard as it was for me, like I said earlier to you, I was really a little nervous and I felt like I was about to get on a roller coaster here. Uh, I had to do it and I appreciate everything. Uh, I've been following you for a while and, you know, out of all people that I've talked to or followed, you just seem so genuine, Brian. And once again, I appreciate you for it. I mean, I'm sure others do, but to me, it means the world. So thank you so much for this. Um, how I came across this was, uh, it's been about 10 years, give or take. Uh, it was December the 27th. Uh, it was vacation time. I, I used to live on about a, a, some acreage where my, my father owned and rented. And you know, it was family, my brother, my cousin, we all lived there. Um, and nobody was supposed to be around there. We we're all off on vacation elsewhere. And I noticed a vehicle pass through when my dogs were barking, went back there to investigate. It was a friend. I'm going to try to cut it short so I'm not talking too much. But uh ended up that we got into a scuffle because we own property next to each other, and it was about the property line. And I got assaulted. I had cameras everywhere, so there was a video of it, which I still have. And eventually, you know, we fought. We separated. Um, later that night, detectives come over. They brought the dogs, I mean, the dog pound or catcher. I mean, because I had dogs, they brought, I mean, Child Protective Service. They brought everybody, SWAT team. They wanted inside my home. Anyway, so I came out and they just asked me what happened. I told them, you know, well, they attacked me and I defended myself and I have it on video. And I was like, I'll show it to you if you'd like. The detective said he did not want to see it and then just said I was under arrest after some time of talking. And even while I was being transported, I asked for the warrant and the, the officer was like, I can't find it, which at least at that point, I knew this much that you couldn't take me in without a warrant. And I kept arguing with them about it, but they took me in. And in the end, the only thing that they charged me with was um, unlawful restraint with the $50,000 bond. And two years later, the whole thing just disappeared. And there's a lot more detail to it, but that's what kind of got me into this because I couldn't afford a lawyer. I certainly couldn't afford a $50,000 bond. And I started just trying to learn myself the laws, lawyer laws, you know, like the legal stuff. Because I didn't know there was another world out here like this about all this sovereignty and lawful stuff. And ever since then, I've just been as much as I can with little time I have trying to learn it and figure it out. But I feel like I just... I keep stumbling. I keep hitting walls where just things I can't seem to get over or understand or comprehend. Um, um, so that's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. I'm, 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 I'm just tired of going through that. I, I, every day I get extorted from traffic tickets to just, just, you know, I'm, I'm sure y'all know what I mean. Um, but I don't, the thing is, there's like a lot of people, like for example, there's this guy, he says it's all about equity and you don't need to learn anything else. Another person tells me, just build trust and 
and like like you say, correct the status. I've had this one lady tell me, you don't have to correct anything. You just play their games. And so it starts getting confusing about what to even do. You know, and I've been to court. I've argued, not that I've argued with officers on the side of the road, but like just here recently, I got pulled over and I started, you know, just like, hey, did you take an oath? And, you know, well, I'll accept that and started like, you know, are you going to violate me? In the end, they let me go with no tickets or nothing. And I feel like I'm getting closer as I try to, you know, speak the truth, I guess. I'm not sure. But I'm still, I think my biggest thing is maybe the paperwork. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I really don't understand how to fill it out. It's confusing to me. Uh, right. And, you know, the paperwork issue, I, I kind of uh, find it amusing because I hear a lot of people say, oh, well, I don't have to do any paperwork. I, I shouldn't have to fill anything out. Da, 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 da. And I laugh because. You know, little by little, they don't realize about little by little through life, they've been having you fill out paperwork, which is basically kind of tightening the chains down on you. You know what I mean? And so, you you know, you stop and ask people, well, what about this? Did you ever fill one of these out? Yeah. Okay. Well, what about this other thing here? Was this ever filled out? They're like, well, yeah. And I'm like, well, you've been doing paperwork already all your life. So what makes you think that all of a sudden now that there's no paperwork to undo? You know what I mean? Sure. And if I may, so, and I think I can kind of see where the people that say that, because I started thinking to myself, for example, I went to court a few years ago for, uh, what was it, suspended license and registration or insurance, one of the two. And I went before the judge, and this was after kind of learning some of this and i i was standing there and i, I turned to the, the judge and then the da asking them one by one uh are you bringing these claims i mean you know who i have a right to you know uh face my accuser and whatnot and then because they just kind of looked at me kind of smirked and i was like all right you know who who brings this claim i turned around in front of the whole courtroom and they just kind of like oh, what's going on here and, and i was like because i you know from my understanding i should be able to face my accuser i i Challenge jurisdiction. And here's a question, if I may. If we're allowed to challenge jurisdiction at any point in time, are we allowed to do that verbally right there at that moment in time in the courtroom? Or do we have to file? Sure. No, sure. You you can uh, file jurisdiction or argue jurisdiction at any time. But there's also um, a couple of requirements as to how you get coming in. Most people, it gets ignored. And the reason why is because uh, the position that they're coming in from, and I believe there was something I posted a few weeks ago, even uh, showing from, I think it was Cornell University, that if, if you are coming to argue jurisdiction, you have to do it uh, in propria persona, proper person. Okay. And a lot of people break out of person. They're like, oh, that's the corporate entity. Da, da, da. Well, you know what? That word has been used long, long, long before any things came along. And just because, say, in statute, they may say something regarding the natural person, which is the appropriate persona that you should be appearing in, just because they say something about the natural person in their records doesn't mean that it is a corporate entity. 
is they do draw a line between the difference between the natural person and the uh, juridic person or statutory person, as you can call it. The legal person. Right. Okay. So I, so with arguing jurisdiction, like I say, that, number one, you need to be appearing in the correct manner. Like I said, propia persona, proper person, which is the natural person. And that that's kind of a, a, a tough situation, though, to accomplish because everybody there, I've said this a few times, you look around the courtroom, okay, you have the judge who's representing, you know, the, the court in the state, and you've got the clerk who's representing, you know, the county or the state, you've got the prosecutor representing, you know, the state. And if you have defense counsel, the defense counsel is representing your legal person. So since everybody else in that courtroom is there in a representative capacity, what in the world would make anybody think that you're not also being observed as being in a representative capacity as well? And that's the problem is that all through life, people are doing everything, whether it's in commerce or in the legal situations and that they're doing it in a representative capacity and not realizing it. Okay. So I, cause I, I didn't know that I was supposed to come in in any way. I just went there as myself, a man and started, you know, I let them know that I was like, I'm not in, wasn't operating commercial. And the basic things that I hear have read and that, you know, that I don't get paid to drive and, Here's the crazy thing is that eventually, because there was a lot more to it, obviously, but um, the the judge, it was a lady. She told me to sit, but she moved me away from all the other people. And she went through everyone and then eventually came to me and kind of like whispered at me. It's like, so Mr. Figure, oh, sorry. I'm about to say my name. But uh, she just said my name. Like, what would you like me to do? And I was like, well, you know, I would like you to drop this. This is all um i don't remember the right words but that i said but i'll paraphrase like this is just all unjust it's not legal and whatever and she's like well you haven't filed your paperwork and it, i felt like she was trying to actually help me it was crazy and I, I, like she just kept saying that and i'm like well i mean you know that you know that i'm not commercial i'm telling you i'm not i don't, I don't need a license i was driving i was traveling freely and i was just going from point a to point b she's like well file your paperwork and this might all go away like she was whispering it kind of to me because there were still other people in the courtroom and it, it, i was kind of like confused but at the same time thinking she's trying to tell me what to do and and I, the main reason i don't want i didn't want to at that time to do the paperwork because it's been a few years now because i felt that if i do anything wrong because i've heard many stories about oh you do the paperwork wrong you're going to screw yourself even worse and end up in prison or something crazy like that, which that scared me away from even doing the paperwork. So, you know, but I felt like she was actually trying to help me because I seen her more than once. I came back again for a second court appearance and same thing kind of happened. And that time she's like, look, you should file your paperwork because I'm about to retire and the next judge might not be as nice to you, which she was right. He wasn't. And <laughs> Yeah, I'll trust me. He threw the book at me because I started, you know, um, demanding their oath of office and whatnot. And, and he he for for this this one was for uh, 
actually it was for suspended license and a, a fail to ID. And they gave me six months day to day, like day per day. And everybody in there was like, why are you in here for so long? You know, like it was pretty bad, but, um, I feel like she was trying to help me and that paperwork thing just really scared me off. Yeah. Cause there's a lot of things I don't, I don't really get. Like, for example, you know how it has the little SOS. I don't, I don't even know where that, where you would type that on the computer if I wanted to type it out. And, and I mean, I don't know if I'm the only one. I, mean, I feel kind of dumb about it, but you know, I'm not like, you know how when you know, you write a letter, there's, you got the heading, the title, and then you got the body, and then you got the ending. I forget what you call it. Been out of school for a while. But I understand that the same thing goes for when you're filing paperwork. You have to have it a certain style, I guess, a layout. I don't know that style or layout. I don't know where to learn it or how. And then even much less. All right, well, but... yeah, let me just touch on a couple things there. Um, is now, when somebody is coming in, uh, what the courts would look at as pro se, you're representing yourself, okay, is kind of a weird statement to make. But when they see you as representing yourself, and they consider it pro se, that will naturally grant more leniency to someone like that than they would to somebody who is, say, an attorney, all right? So you don't have to worry too much about being exact on things but in my opinion the more you've got things perfected the better off you are that way they know that you're not just some idiot that um you know pardon where we're at now but heard a youtube or a talk shoe call or you know what i mean but yeah. somebody who's actually studied and learned and has a better idea better grasp about what they're doing now every but when it gets into like detail things, every courtroom will have its own rules that they follow. They're not the same everywhere. That's uh, something that unfortunately a lot of people think. They think it's the same everywhere, but it's not. And so situations like if you had to go into a courtroom, which myself, what, I, what I've done and what I try and show is actually setting yourself up to where you don't have to go into court. And because... Yeah, because everybody talks about how to win in court. Well, to me, um, is by not being even invited in. That's how you win. I don't want to have to learn all this plethora of other garbage about what to do when you go there. You know, besides having it, you got to take the day off work, go there, find parking. All it's it's a mess, pain in the butt. So why even go in the first place? Set yourself up to where you don't have to go. But if you were to, you know, I would say you contact every judge has their own clerk okay contact clerk and find out what the rule courtroom are right and at the same time uh one of the things that is a little more uniform is that the courts do want to see paperwork like laid out a certain way and they want it in like a a specific font they want things double spaced uh they want you know borders that are like three quarters of an inch on the sides you know what i mean that thing and that's all basically to make it easier to read and so that they can also write notes at the same time <clears throat> now you you've mentioned a couple of things first you had mentioned questioning jurisdiction 
And then you mentioned something about uh, demanding their oath, yeah. which I think is craziness because I see a lot of people um, teach that. And I learned this a few years ago from a Jesuit teacher. That he said that demanding the oath is really a trap that has been set for people. Because if you're going to go in there and question jurisdiction, but then also demand the oath, well, what happens if they go forward and show you the oath or even give you a copy of the ascribed oath that they provided the state? Well, what you've done there is you have forced them to prove their jurisdiction, at least in that courtroom. So you've kind of stepped on yourself there a little bit. But, you know but what I mean? That, but does that actually prove jurisdiction over myself, though? I mean, no, that no, that that just shows that they have uh, the right to rule, or you know what I mean, the right to make a decision. There, they have the right to be seated. Okay. Uh, because <laughs> you know, and that brings up another thing is that a lot of times yeah, you're always hearing you know questioning jurisdiction. Well, there's maybe as many as eleven types of jurisdiction depending on the case. So when I hear people saying, "Oh," You know, always question jurisdiction, you know, argue jurisdiction. It's like, okay, well, what jurisdiction are you arguing? Are you arguing the subject matter jurisdiction? Are you arguing in personam jurisdiction? Which, which one are you arguing? Which those are uh, in two right there. So, you know, are, are you arguing whether or not they have a right to make a decision regarding the subject's case? Or do they have the right to make a decision regarding you personally? Do they have jurisdiction over you and over your legal person? Now, if you're using the legal person, you're there in, whether you know it or not, a representative capacity, and this might sound kind of confusing to people, but yeah. if you're in their representative capacity for your legal person, well, that legal person was created by the state. So, bang, they've automatically got jurisdiction over it because they created it. You have authority over whatever you create or whatever bows down to you. So number one, you showed up in the courtroom, so you're bowing down. Number two, you're using their legal entity they created, and they have jurisdiction they create. So right there is proven two ways of personal jurisdiction. Now, I've seen cases where people have argued this, and the judge administrator won't even touch those issues. They'll say is, okay, um, well, oh, where do you live at? I've got listed here that you're at one, two, three Maple. Is this correct? And they'll be like, yes. Okay. Well, right there. Now you're showing you've got residency within the uh, land that that courtroom is over that county or that town. Okay. Uh, then they may ask, uh, where do you work at? And they may name a local place that they work at. So, okay, we'll have a bank account. And they'll say, well, yeah, I received a statement a while ago. I don't remember exactly how much is in there. And right then, you know, judge will and say, okay, jurisdiction established. You know, you, you live here, you work here, you utilize um, the tools that have been provided for the citizens as banking and so you you've right there locked yourself in and not even ever realized it 
um, you know, as far as like residency, that's one of the reasons why I recommend to people to, for their mail, to have an agent for service of process, have your mail go to somebody else. You know, when you say that I, that way. Do you mean like a, a like Max, for example, or right. like to yeah. a different actual address? Uh, there, there's, there's what they call. Oh, it's going to escape my mind now. Um, it's called. I uh, know there's called headquarter offices. Um, people can go. You can go on your search engine because it searches you while you search it but you can go to your search engine and just type in agent for service of process and you're going to come up with a couple pages of companies that are offering this service it's a big business out there but you can also do it just between friends which is what i recommend that you do and that's the only address floating around out there if anybody was to look you up that's the address they're going to find and if anybody went and knocked on that door guess what they're not going to find they're not going to find you all right but so, I so would as be, far as i'm sorry oh go I ahead would, i was just say so i would actually be like for example i, I want to use uh, a relative or just a friend next door or something is that what you mean like actually someone else's actual residence address yeah absolutely and you know too the easiest thing to do is for two friends to do it for each other you have your electric bill, everything, everything in, in your name. You have it come to my place, and I'll have everything in my name go to your place. Okay, now let's say I, I got my electric set up. They have to have the actual physical address to set it up at, but I'll send it as the mailing address to someone else, right? Yeah, absolutely. Do you think that, uh, you know, you've got, say, AutoZone, somebody own, owns an AutoZone, um, car parts store. Mm -hmm. Do you think that the owner of that has the electric bill mailed to that store? Absolutely not. They, they, it gets mailed to wherever their office is. Is their office takes care of all that kind of stuff? Would I be able to use a PO box? Uh, some people do, and some people even use like delivery. I don't use a post office for anything period unless i'm going to send like registered mail thing like that other than that no i i because they're using their services right okay the trick is don't use their services I just, because like, you can't no. benefit you can't benefit the system and then turn to the system and say oh you don't have any jurisdiction over me they're like what are you talking about you're using our services. What? You get to play with all our toys? I mean, come on. Does that make sense? But then how does one do anything, though? You do things just the same way you've always done them through life. I mean, you might be tweaking your schedule a little bit. Uh, once a week, you might run by your neighbor's place or your friend's or vice versa every couple weeks and exchange mail with each other. No big deal. You go to your friend's house how often anyway, so. Well, I mean, that's if you have friends. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I mean, be honest, a lot of people think I'm crazy when I talk about this stuff, you know, and, and so it pushes them away. <laughs>
they right. They don't, they don't want to hear it or talk about it. But um. Oh, the the problem is everybody has been taught to do everything a certain way, and the reason why you do it that way is because, and the answer you'll get is because, well, that's just how everybody's done it. Well, guess what? Um, we see everybody's been doing everything just the way everybody else does it. And, uh, we see the issues and the problems that it's brought on for them. So maybe that's not really the best idea. Uh, do you think that like the upper 3% or whatever, do you think that they do everything just the way everybody else does it? Absolutely. No, and that's one of the tricks as well. Well, exactly. That's one of the tricks as well is learning. Well, how do they have their lives set up? How do they have themselves organized and then duplicate that? Uh, do you think, and this even goes maybe to your local judge or administrator for the courts. Um, do you think they, or even the owner of a big business, do you think they have their name and their home address on everything? Absolutely not. They don't want anybody to know where they're at. They don't want anybody to know where they live. And there's nothing wrong with keeping that private. Nothing illegal with that at all. Okay. I mean, I clearly don't know how they do it, but I know that they do things differently. I mean, I just know they do. They're clearly not doing it the way we do it. Yeah, um, they've got a headquarters office that takes care of all their stuff. And you can do that, actually. There's a lot of people that will, I said, doing it for each other. You can do that with up to 10 people privately. After 10 people or 10 people or more, then you've got to go and be registered by the Secretary of State, all that stuff, da-da-da, because they see you running a business. You know what I mean? But under 10, you can do it with under 10 people and not worry about it. So, I mean... You 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 said that about creating, and I've I've seen or heard people talk about that, and it's it's better to like take control of the straw man or the legal person and use their benefits because I mean they're created for that person, the legal person. Well, that's what the system wants you to do, but that's actually a trap. You know, you look at the Constitution and the uh, Bill of Rights, it says that you're supposed to be secure in your papers and your persons, plural. Yes. Why would it say that you can be secure in your persons? Well, there's people that have multiple persons out there. That guy I mentioned, AutoZone, the guy that owns AutoZone, has a D in the name of AutoZone. That's one of his persons. He owns multiple businesses, you know? got multiple uh, corporate persons out there and if you read the definition of person one of those definitions that most people jump on immediately is like the corporate or a corporation now there's also listed there is trust um llc partnerships uh, there's multiple things that are seen as being a legal person and so yeah you can have legal persons running around out there and what I've done, what I suggest to me is that the easiest is that uh, you set up your own legal person with the same name. That way, bang, everything that they've done in that name, 
also has the name of the legal person you created that you own. And then there's going to be a little bit of a problem if anybody was want, wanting to like question this in court is they don't want you asking in court, wait a minute, whose person are you talking about here? The one you created or are you talking about mine? Because I only use mine. And the best thing to do, because a lot of people, like you mentioned, will say to operate that legal person they created because it was made for you, right? But that's what they have jurisdiction over. And so my recommendation is you create your own. And, and at the same time, you turn around and send that Dear John letter, <laughs> you know, like girlfriends used to send to their boyfriend or, hey, you know, I'm seeing somebody else now. <laughs> hate uh -huh. to tell you. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah. you, you send them a goodbye letter, a resignation letter saying, I am no longer representing your legal person. Okay, um, but if I do it in the same name, wouldn't it? I mean, wouldn't it be the same thing? I mean, Why? How many Bill Smiths are there out there? I'm do sure you think? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You think whenever uh, Bill Smith is summoned to go to court, you think one hundred and eighty thousand Bill Smiths all show up? No. So what would the uh, what would be the difference between them? I mean, how do I uh, determine the difference? Or like, I mean, when you set up your own, I set mine up uh, with a DBA, and right there, there's evidence that's actually in their system that there's been a legal person created. As well, and. Uh, there's a they, they've kind of switched things around i know they used to have a listing to set it up as incorporated meaning you know being incorporated means it's not part of some other legal entity it's not like for instance part of the state or whatever and so um it looks like they've since removed the unincorporated but they've left sole proprietor there and a sole proprietorship is an organization that is only owned and presented by a single individual, by one natural man or woman. Okay. So no. I recommend using the sole proprietor box if they don't have a unincorporated box available to check off. I would have to check to see um, how it works over here. I know many years ago I had I, I started doing lawn care, right? And I went and got a DBA for that. So that would be my person, right? That's one of your legal persons, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and those are set up so that, like, if there was a problem where you're mowing a lawn, say, um, the mower threw a rock and it went through somebody's window and they want to come and sue, then they, they would come and sue whatever that DBA you had set up was. They're going to use that name. And I would recommend to people as well, like if you are to set up a business and you set up a DBA for it, most people, the first thing they do is they set it up as an LLC, which I wouldn't do because LLCs 
uh, you are not allowed to represent that DBA in court. You are required to have an attorney represent the LLC. And I know a lot of people with all these different things, a lot of people are going to be like, oh, no, where I live, it's like this, or I've done this, and this is like that. And here's the thing. I have to realize we're all dealing with human beings here, all right? And it's going to be different people in one county compared to the next county compared to the next county. And so all of those people are have their own comprehension of the law and how things work. You know what I mean? So what works in one jurisdiction not work in another jurisdiction? They're going to see it. They're going to look at everything a little differently. And so that's why instead of like using like one-off type situations, um, do everything according to what they have in writing to what they comprehend. And so, bang, they comprehend what a DBA is. They, they comprehend what an unincorporated entity is. Um, go online and try and find rules, regulations, and codes for unincorporated entities. You're not going to find it. They don't exist because they don't have jurisdiction over something that's unincorporated. So, so let's say I went in there and I filed a DBA using my name again. That, that wouldn't be considered as registering it and then that giving them, I guess, jurisdiction over it? No. That, and what, what you're mentioning there <clears throat> gets into... Uh, uh, kind of what I call guru guano, is they look at the word register and, oh, regis, etymology of the word means you're registering with the king. And no, that's all a bunch of hogwash out there. Um, show me a court case where a decision has been made that because something was registered, that the state owned it. All right. And when you're setting up a DBA, when you're, what you're doing is you're filing. You're filing for you're registering anything. Okay. And I would say also, if you want to go with off scenarios, neither you nor I or any other man or woman walking around out here have the ability or the right or title or just to be able to register anything. In the county, there is only one entity who can register anything. And that's the clerk. The clerk, the clerk does the registering. Use of info. So, to, if somebody was to tell me, "Oh, I have to go register," da da, I'm like, I, I don't have the authority to register anything. I don't work for the courts. I can supply them for whether they want to register or not. That's up to them once I supply it. But the act of registering is not done by you. It's done by the clerk. So, I mean, what about like licenses and like marriage license, driver's license? That, that I mean, I've always heard it's like, oh, you got it, you're registered, you're that's how they have jurisdiction over you and your kids and your marriage and everything. Well, they they have jurisdiction over the contract. Everything that you see going on in the courts, all they are doing is enforcing contracts period i don't care what the situation is they're enforcing a contract and, and so that's what they're doing like in a 
this with like say a driver's license or whatever uh, the individual has made an agreement by signing it to follow whatever rules regulations code whatever that go along with that driver's license the issue is though i mean it's just like for instance if you go to college okay and, and you go and sign up for college and you register for college all right and you get admitted into the college well you that means that you are now agreeing to the campus rules and regulations and things like that that are demanded of you in going to that college and so it's the same situation like the driver's license you know if you've gone and gotten the driver's license that means that now you are agreeing to all those rules regulations and codes that come along with it now the issue though now goes back to what, something we were just talking about though that license isn't you they may have a picture that looks similar to you right? but a maxim of law says that similar is not the same right yeah. and if you get into really reading statutes and what they talk about when it comes to like the license or vehicle registration you've got to read it from the mindset of the attorney because of the attorneys who wrote it but those things are established for the legal person not for the natural person i found an excellent description of that i believe it was in uh, south carolina where they were talking about the driver's license and registration because it was funny because i'm like listed right next to each other where they gave the definition of the person and they said that the person can be the natural person the juridic entity individual blah 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 right and then when it came to registration it said that the registration was for an individual um the juridic person guess what it, it left oh, natural person it didn't mention natural person so by omission means it's not part of it that's one of the things people need to realize uh, like if you ask me what is in my refrigerator and I said, there's a gallon of milk, um, a bunch of bananas, and a loaf of Well, that would mean that me, those things are in the refrigerator. Because what, when that you see that word includes, that word includes also excludes everything else. So Does that make sense to you? The word includes, it's like, as well as, or? Well, sometimes I see them do, and they go and put a caveat on it, caveat on that, uh, saying, you know, this is not, you know, exclude, da, da, da. Sometimes they will do that, but very rarely do you see that. Uh, normally, like in the beginning of, say, you're reading the United States Code. In the beginning title, it'll list a few things there, and it'll say, in this section, these terms are defined as, and then they give you a list of those definitions. Mm -hmm. And those definitions are particularly for what's in that particular title, not everything else. But So everything that they write out 
it's it all pertains to the legal person. And so right. what you're saying is make your own legal person, I guess, and then they have no control or say so over it. You do. Right. Now, how do you implement that to get them to realize that themselves and leave me alone, I guess? Right. Well, you know, I see a lot of people say, oh, should I send this to the sheriff or I notified my sheriff? I've notified this local entity. And I, you know what? Those people really give a crap. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, well, when you get pulled over, you can say anything you want to that officer. They really don't give two hoots. They yeah. get their orders from one place, whatever pops up on that computer screen. And the entity that puts all that information in their computer screen is the Secretary of State. And so that's why all my communications have all been done through only the Secretary of State. Because they're at the top of the line and they're going to put the info in. So as far as your relationship to the legal person and what you've done with it, they're going to know that. Uh, your DBA, they're going to know that. If you've resigned from representation of the African legal entity they created, they're going to know that because you've communicated that to them. And this doesn't require, you know, um, documents that are 20, 30. I, I've seen one, somebody was going around the country selling it. It was 67 pages long. And one man that I talked to who had actually used it, and he, he was full with the case. It was actually a mortgage foreclosure case. He said, you know, out of that 67 pages, I think only one page out of the whole thing is the only thing that mattered. And I kind of laughed because that's what it comes down to. Every, all the communications I've done, it's one page. Plain and simple, easy to read, to the point. So there's no ambiguity to it. And at the same time, you're not listing a whole bunch of statutes and court cases and da-da-da, all that crap. They know that stuff. You don't have to tell them their stuff. They know their stuff. Okay. Does that make starting make sense to you a little bit? I mean, I, I get the simplicity of not putting too much detail because I feel like the more you put, uh, I guess, the better a chance you get, uh, you have to put your foot in your mouth. I sort of say. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I guess it's just you know. Well, the more things you say, that that means the more and the more claims you make. That's the more things you have to defend. So the less you say, the better off you are. I mean, in my situation, w within like a 10-month span of time, I was pulled over twice, no driver's license, no insurance, no registration. And the very first time it happened, I thought, oh, wow, this is probably going to be the test here. I said, because, you know, just go direct to jail, do not pass good, do not collect $200. This is the same number you're at, you know what I mean? officer came back to the vehicle and said be safe have a good night and i thought wow that was weird so and I thought, was well, maybe had... i'm sorry yeah that's after i'd done the stuff i'd done and i thought well maybe this was a one-off you know but a few months later the same thing happened again with the same result 
And I was like, okay. So now it's duplicated. It's happened more than once. So I know this just isn't a one-off situation. You know what I mean? Right. And, and as I was saying, that is after like you did your DBA on your name, and then I guess you filed it, and you said you sent it to the Secretary of State? Right. Okay. If you read through United States Code, all through United States Code, it will say, according to the secretary, or as the secretary allows, or as permitted by the secretary. So that tells you everything is through the secretary. Nothing in there says, according to the president of the United States, according to your governor, or according to your sheriff. No, everything is according to the secretary. And it's just like, if you wanted to go to the CEO of a big business, what would you have to do? You have to go through the secretary. Set up something with the secretary. Yeah. Right. Okay. So it seems like the secretary has a lot of power and pull. Right. Okay. I mean, I'm just trying to get this all wrapped around my head. You know, like it's because I mean, throughout my life, like I said, it's always been like, for example, someone saying that all these things don't apply to us. It applies to all the agents and Washington, D.C., just foreign and. So, and then, like, everything's a corporation, every town, city, every department, even the Vatican, which might be true. I don't know. I mean, for sure. Um, and that supposedly I have to sit, like, I remember the one guy saying, you know, you have to send notice to the Pope because they own you or something or the person. And then someone else arguing, like, uh, oh, why would I have to send them anything if you know, I've never agreed or signed anything. And so, you know, it's just a lot of information, a lot of different things that kind of contradict or cross within each other. And so sometimes I'm not sure what to take in and what to throw well, out. Well, I'll tell you what, and this part here should make sense as far as who you're contacting, who you're talking with. Now, you know, I mentioned what United States Code says regarding the secretary. Well, everything you've done through your life in relationship to the state or the government has all been done through the Secretary of State. So why would you have to contact any other other than the Secretary of State? Okay. And going through them, they I wouldn't I'm now I'm I'm assuming that if I was to do that and do it correctly. I wouldn't have to go through every single town, department, and county and to say, hey, look, you know, I'm correcting this or I'm changing or however. No, no. Would, the, the Secretary of State would be the, the top yeah, yep. and send it out to everyone else. There's only one Secretary of State for the entire state. Yeah. Okay. So, no, it doesn't matter if you've lived in five counties, that doesn't mean you need to contact five sheriffs. No. There's only one one secretary, and ultimately there's two because there's the Department of State. And so what I sent out was to the secretary at the federal level and the secretary at the state level. That's why, it. Why the federal? Or, I mean, because the federal is in charge of the uh, state. That's okay, so that's the boss for your secretary of state is you. the federal. Okay. okay. I just, I, I wanted to know. Okay. So let's, let's say, um, I wanted it to take, cause I got plates on my car. They're registered and I got the stickers. 
but I've been wanting to just rip them off and not have them anymore. Do I? Am I able to do that yeah. now, or do I have to do the process first? The, the, those have to be set up through somebody. Okay. You're not going to run around with no plates on. I, I know there's some people do where they have homemade ones and uh, maybe they live in a more rural part of the country or something like that. And there's only two different cops that see them and they know who they are and they don't worry about them. You know, it's what I call like a one off situation. Mm-hmm. But as far as the majority goes, no, you know, you're going to stick out like a sore thumb, travel around anywhere uh, without those things. So you've got to have something like that that is set up through some entity. All right. Now, stop and think about this. You and say, for instance, I don't know if you do or not, say you have a daughter and you and your daughter are walking down the sidewalk one day and some vehicle whatever happens i don't know somebody pulls out there's a dog across doesn't matter some vehicle jumps the curb and hits and kills your daughter all right now fortunately there's a bank right there they've got cameras Mm -hmm. and the police are able to go back to the cameras and look and identify that vehicle and that vehicle doesn't have any plates on it now now how do you feel about people running around with no plates on their cars you know, you put the shoe on the other foot, and, and things change a little bit. Honestly, not sure how I feel about it. I mean, I've, that's a horrible situation. Uh, but, but these things happen, you know. Yeah, or even, exactly. you know, just a hit, hit and run accident on the road. You know, somebody's at fault for uh, hitting and causing damage to your property. Uh, you, but they've got... And I get you, we want a way to you know, hold them liable for the damage. Right. Right. And I get that. And people should have absolutely no problem with uh, putting themselves out there to be held liable for any damage that they may incur, whether accidental or others. But nobody wants to do that. Nobody, Nobody wants to accept a responsibility. That's why the number one business is insurance companies. Insurance is the number one business. Uh, I had Walter Berrien on here several years ago. He said, you know, everybody wants to see the banks run the world. He said, that's not true. It's the insurance companies that run the world. And he's absolutely correct. You know, if you look at when there's been an economic decline or recession, depression, whatever, in the USA or anywhere, what is the one businesses that don't go under? You see banks go under, but yeah. do you see insurance companies go under? Well, that's weird because you say yeah. that the insurance or whatever insurance it is, is the one that seems to protect banks, FDIC. Yeah, they're higher up the line than even the banks are. And, you know, I, I had to laugh here several months ago when we had some economic things happen regarding cryptocurrency and other things here in the U.S., and two banks went under. Uh, one went under in New York, and another one went under in uh, California. And everybody was like, oh, this is it. You know, the dollar's going to crash, da, da, da. It's like, wait a minute. Go back to 2008, 2009. Over 400 banks failed back then. 400. Did the currency change? 
Wasn't that the bailout? Well, for some reason, <laughs> right, the bailout happened right after. Well, actually, it happened prior to that as well. Yeah. You know. Okay. Yeah. Well, that, that, then that brings me to a question, if I may. Then, uh, so what about the people, like, they're like, oh, well, I shouldn't have to have insurance or what do they do? I've heard something about bonding your car or your purse and yourself. I'm not, you know, there's, I've heard so many different things. I don't know what to accept or believe or to even try or what. Yeah. Every state that I've looked at also accepts a surety bond in lieu of the typical like AAA insurance or all or whoever. Mm -hmm. uh, every state will, that I've looked at anyway, will accept a surety bond. So yeah, you can put a surety bond uh, on your property and, of, and it's going to cost substantially less monthly as well than it does for regular insurance because it's going to be your property on the line and not the property of the insurance company. Okay, and so I can get better comprehension. Um, when, like, uh, I, I forgot what it's called, the, the actual, the MMO, the, the, the title thing to the vehicles. I remember asking. MSO or MCO? Yeah, yeah, there you go. Would I have to have that to make it my actual property, or can I still put a surety bond on it, or? How does those things go? Over? You wouldn't have to have that in order to put a surety bond on it, but I recommend everybody have that anyway. Yeah, I would love to. Um, yeah, because the situation that everybody finds themselves in, and you know, there's people out there that are pushing trust, and I don't like trust. <laughs> One of the issues why I don't like trust is because a trust, you're putting yourself in the same problem, the same position that everything else has already created, which is called split title. You know, you've got two different entities that hold some claim of right or interest to the property. And so you're going to have the equitable title is going to be one of the entities. And then you have legal title that's held by somebody else. And that's kind of what screwed everybody all along. And you look at that, like with MSO or MCO, you know, you've got the state holding equitable title and you're holding legal title. You get to do all the legal things, insurance, registration, da, da, da all the liability stuff, whereas uh, they reap the equity. They, they reap the benefits out of all those things you do through the taxes. So even if it was my trust that I created, like I have to bring some type of other entity involved? You know, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm yeah. You're going to – Right. Apart from having a living trust, a living trust, you can hold all three positions in it. But the standard trust uh, – is going to have somebody else that's going to be a trustee. You're going to have, there's going to be, you've got your three main positions. You've got the grantor, the trustee, and the beneficiary. And, it, you know, one of the things that I kind of pull my hair out, I hear people talk about going to court and uh, they say you need to express the trust. Okay, well, what trust are you expressing? Because if they really want, and I'll tell you what, the more and more of this kind of stuff happens, the courts are going to start getting to it, and they're going to start narrowing down how they take care of these issues. And if you've got an experienced administrator or judge there, and you think you're going to come and express the trust, what are you going to do if that judge wants you to show 
uh, validation or verification of the trust that you are supposedly expressing. Because by law, if you're going to claim a position in a trust, you have to show a connection to it. If you can't show connection to it, that's considered fraud. Okay, I like And if I may say something, um, sure. What's going on? In, in regards and in greetings, everybody. My apologies for my uh, disappearance there, but um, the way I understand the trust setup. By the By the way, everybody. By the way, everybody. This is Keith, the co-host. All right. If anybody wonders, so go uh, ahead, Keith. Hey. Well, the way I understand it is you've got to set up a what's known as an irrevocable trust. Inside of that trust, you place a revocable trust, and that trust is operated along with the irrevocable trust by the living trust. So it's a setup of three trusts inside of each other. And that and what I've done, what I've uh, found in my research is if you set it up with a postal service, they're the ones that are going to hold that title. They're the ones that have the real estate investment trust for the postal roads and cover that uh, conservation easement. So that, I think, is the true protection of the international persons if you set up a trust with them. And that's that's what I've got established so far. And it's just a matter of transferring the titles into that trust now. But OK, but that's not a living trust, is it? If you no, do you it. establish a, an online account with the Postal Service, and the title of it is the expression of that trust. And that trust. But there again, there again, you're using their toys. You're using their post office. You're using their services, which is what you want to stay away from. And these should be things that anybody can do. And not right. just anybody can go and set up three different, uh, you're talking about a layered trust. Not everybody can run out and set up even just a single trust, let alone to know how to layer three different trusts. The simplest things to do is just get rid of their legal person that they created, let them have it back, create your own. Yeah. You're done. And my, when I say from what I know, I know what, from what I've actually done. It's not guess, it's not a hypothesis, or it should work this way, or it might. No. It's not so the only thing that I know that works is what I've actually done. Right. And and when you when you, in your situation, Max, when you get a uh, automobile and they want to claim some kind of title or something, what you do is you put that in your private trust. You use that VIN number as the identifying number, but you clarify that you didn't purchase it for as a fleet vehicle for services uh, uh -huh. or for personal services. You purchased it for your own household use, which is agricultural and it cannot be converted to a commodity. Well, I, then again, they're here trying to set up trust again. And like I said, this all should be things that anybody can do and not just everybody, anybody is able to go out and know how to set up a trust or let alone afford to be able to pay for having a trust. Set. And most of the ones that people are like online, you find people on social media, they're doing trust for stuff. Some of them are setting those trusts up incorrectly because oh, yeah. you've also got a trust during that. So and a lot are going there and making that trust protector be put into a position that you know, ties your hands to where you've lost control of it as well. So I just stay away from trust when I don't use any of it. Yeah, one of the biggest uh, schemes in those trusts that they run is that they are then deemed to be able to delegate a new beneficiary. And what they do, that that's a credit default swap. And that's the whole scheme is they're, they're defaulting you to a surety position no matter what and re-delegating the beneficiary.
All right, Max. Uh, uh, so we covered that. What did you have on your list? Oh, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, my, I mean, I, I, I like, um, I was told something about like doing the correct status, right? And then the, if I was to do, um, the, what's it called? Assume name did I to do it through the office of the Minnesota secretary of state, which is, that's not my state, but that's what I was told. Right. There's a lot of people that do that. And whenever you're setting up a DBA or in Minnesota, the situation is called an assumed name certificate. Whenever you're setting up a DBA, it's supposed to be done where you live at. And a lot of people want to say, well, you know, equal footing doctrine, it needs to be accepted in all states. Well, guess what? That's not always the case. And I've seen that happen in situations, for instance, say a third party debt collector there may be one that tries to operate in multiple states and they get away with it for a while. But if somebody brings that up in court and says, Hey, by the way, do you have authority to do business in this County or this state? Those cases disappear. So I would want to do it in my state then. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that's done wherever you live at. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm, like I said, I've gone over the years information from different people and it starts getting confusing because it seems to kind of like cross mix each other or, um, what's the word? Well, at the same time, also you hear people say, well, why can't you just operate as a living man? Okay. Well, you may feel that that's what you're doing, but unless you've undone some of the things that you've done in the past, which has been advantageous to the state, unless you undo those things, they're going to still see you, even though you think you're just representing the, you know, sovereign, sentient living man, they're still going to see you as operating the entity that they created, period. So, uh, okay. I mean. And, and I think, you know what, I think right now, actually, we've got a really good example of this going on in real time right now, because uh, Carl Lentz has been in jail since the beginning of June. He just had a hearing here about a week ago. He has no bail. They won't give him bail. Um, he just had a hearing here like a week ago where there was a discrepancy as to whether the attorney that was there was representing him or not which he's decided he's going to go out and find his own counsel for representation. So, and this was one of the biggest promoters of you're just coming forward as a living man and let me face my accuser. You know what I mean? So I think we can sit back and kind of watch what's happening with him and maybe learn some things of what to do or what not to do. It'll be interesting to see how his situation turns out. Where is he located? Like what, what state or area is he in? New York State. New York. And so, like you said earlier. And there's a post in Tactical Sovereignty regarding. So, like you said earlier, not everything works the same in every area, right? So, even if it was to have worked for him, it might not work over here, right? Or vice versa. Right. Okay. Yeah. But, like I said, we can, we can sit back and watch and see what happens with it because, believe me, the courts there are very knowledgeable that they're privy to what he's been around the 
the country teaching. You know what I mean? So it's not like stranger comes up and is telling them something they haven't heard for the first time. All right. Um, I mean, I got a lot of different questions that might not even, you know, they're all over the place. I just wrote them down as I thought of them. Um, well, I just want to say as well, uh, I bring Keith piping in and stuff. Um, I wasn't aware he was going to be here, but he promotes some things that I don't promote. And I, I really don't want to muddy the waters this evening with, you know, setting up something through the post office and getting a, a revocable trust and an irrevocable trust and layering it with a living trust. And yeah, to me, all that stuff is total nonsense. Um, I, I appreciate him chiming in with it, but I think things are way, way more simpler than what they're made out to be. And I think a lot of stuff has been put out there, very complicated for everybody to do to where, you know, what? eventually people just say, you know, this is too much. I can't handle it. I'm going to go back to living my life as a slave. I can, yeah, I can see that with, that some people would. And, and I can't lie. Part of me at some points were like, I'm ready to give up, but I don't want to give up. I don't want to give this up because it's, it's a big deal to me because then I'm just giving up on my children. That's the way I feel about it. And if I have to go to my last breath to try to figure this out for them, I will. Um, now, it, I don't know if you've ever heard of, let me see. There's this group I'm a part of and they like, they don't, they, they, they specifically say not to do what you're saying uh, to uh, um, correct status. But let me see. Give me a sec. I'll look it up. I have it here. I think. Well, uh, I I don't. Yeah, I don't call it status correction. Um, I always throw notes in the description box for YouTube. So when this goes up to YouTube, if people want to look down in the description box, there is a listing there. It's called correcting the presumption, which is ah. what I prefer to call it, okay. because what we're dealing with is the state is presumed a lot of things and men and women have presumed a lot of things that are not correct and so actually it's the presumption that needs to be corrected not necessarily the status okay uh well it's just uh, like this group um it's called lawful living i don't know if you've heard of it but um yeah and they they seem to uh, I mean, I'm still learning with them or reading whatever, whenever I can. Like I said, I, I'm limited on time. But um, to basically kind of use their statutes, codes, laws, whatever, against them, or kind of like whenever uh, Trump and Hillary were debating, and she's like, "You didn't pay your taxes," and he's like, "I, I was just following your law you made. Basically, I'm just doing exactly what laws you put out there." Well, what he said is the reason why is he said the reason why is because I'm smart. Yeah, he did say that, but he, if I remember correctly, he did state that you know that it was the regulations and such that they had made the you know the politicians, and that he was just following those you know regulations and rules. Well, and they've made all those things for the persons that they created, so using their person now lawful living i may be correct but i believe law living does not believe that there is a legal entity separate from you 
all right, which I've just found as time goes on, I find more and more and more evidence of it. And it even comes out of the mouth of judges, all right? Uh, but I believe that, if I'm not mistaken, that lawful living does not believe in such a thing as the juridic person or statutory person. I, I believe that they see you, that statutory person, as one and the same, which I've even heard some judges say. But the reason why they say that is because that's the hat that you're wearing. Uh-huh. You're operating as that entity. So that's why some judges have said we as one and the same. Now, I've also heard them make the comment regarding that story person or that juridic person. Uh, they refer to it as it. They talk about it as a separate entity. In fact, a friend of mine even in court and a judge asked him, said, do you want me to kill it? Because I can kill it for you right now. We can get rid of it. But the judge said, you may have a problem operating in life without it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Very likely, yeah, they they would have had a problem. But they wouldn't have a problem if they created their own. Okay. And had, yeah. uh, I was going to say, I can't speak for anyone there. From the little bit that I've been on, I probably watched one or two videos. Um, I, I didn't get that, that. Uh, idea that they believe it's just one, but I, I couldn't say. I can't speak for them. I was just saying that yeah. they seem to kind of use the same code, rules, regulations that the agencies create or make up against them, you know, like, because, you know, I, I don't know. I'm just, well, that, just trying to wrap my head around it. Yeah, and they use, but they use those because those are created for that legal entity, for the statutory person. And so, yeah, they're going to go ahead and use those statutes and everything, which uh, those don't apply. They, they do apply to that juridic person, but not if you're not using it. Not if you're not using it. You're, you're in a different situation, right? Okay. Yeah, and it's unincorporated. It's a sole proprietor, correct? Okay. And I just get this from into what I'm pretty sure that they're talking about. I get it from their admin. Their administrator has said this. That they don't believe that there's a difference between the two. Okay. So, right. I was just like I said, I was curious because uh, there's just so much, and everyone has a different take or point. Uh, just like you said, uh, I believe his name was Keith, and y'all don't agree on everything. And I, I can tell as y'all, you know, you, he's saying to do something with the post office, but earlier you said you don't want to mess with them. And so, you know, from a from my point of view is like, geez, I mean, where do I go? What do I believe? And obviously, I have to educate myself and learn and, you know, study it. So I I would know what to do in my own. And well, when, I've, when, I've studied, when I've studied from other people and look at other things they talk about and stuff, uh, first things I look at, ask is, okay, what have you done? Have you done this? And have you had experiences after doing this? What were your results? Because I don't see those things. I totally disregard anything they're talking. That, that means nothing. That they're just telling bed, bedtime stories. You know what I mean? But so what I want to find is I want to find, yeah, somebody that has evidence of that what they're talking about is the case and somebody that has actually done with what they're claiming and then has also had experiences that resulted from what they did and what those results were. 
sure. if those elements aren't involved, uh, it's been referred to in the past also as the scientific method, which is M-O-R. Is it measurable, observable, and repeatable? If those elements don't exist, then as far as I'm concerned, people are just telling bedtime stories. So in simple terms, it's the proof is in the pudding. Show me the pudding. Exactly. Exactly. Show me your show me your receipts. And I would agree. I would agree. I just I mean, and I see people I mean I, I see people post paperwork often where they'll kind of block out names or certain things and it seems like they're winning or whatnot. And I mean I take it with a grain of salt because, I mean, I could print out anything myself. So sometimes I'm like, is this real? Is it true? Um, and so, I mean. But so far, since the thing put in place, and I haven't detailed them here, but they're in that video below in the presumption. Since doing those things, I've had over the years upwards of. 20 different interactions with whether it was officials, law enforcement officers, whatever. And all of those situations turned out 100% ops of what would have turned out like 10 years ago. And, and the way they even act with you, it all happens completely different than it would have in the past. Well, the the one big or the one really red flag to me that always comes up with just about every single person or, or individual uh, is this. They claim a lot of things and some of them will show you paperwork or whatnot, show, you know, supposedly proving, I guess, or trying to show you proof uh, of their ways working or whatever. But here's the one thing that always gets me. Like, for example, they'll claim that, hey, you can get your lights paid. You can access the trust and uh, the, to the treasury and whatnot, like things like that, or go get a house more, just get paid off card notes. But these people teaching this, when, when they say, Hey, I'll teach you, but you got to pay me. And I'm thinking if you have access to these things where you don't have to worry about, it, why do you need these FRNs that you say aren't even real? And then these people claim this. So that's what the one thing that really throws me off. Because I'm like, if this is true, if it's real, then what does that matter to you? And, and all, the, the best answer I've gotten from this was, well, my labor, my time, the studying I've done, the years that I put in. And I can get that. But in the end, me, I feel this way. This is my opinion. If I was to know this and learn it and understand it and really know how to apply it, I, me personally, I, I would try to teach this to even my worst enemy because I feel like that would actually unite us and maybe there could be some change in the world, which I don't know. Maybe I'm just, you know. Well, you, you know, in here right now, real time, this is a perfect example. You know, yeah, a lot of those people, if you try and hold their feet to the fire and ask them for evidence of anything, they're either going to go you or they're going to block you. You know what I mean? Um if, if, guess what, if what they've got is so important, you know what, do this, do what we're doing right now. Am I charging to be here? Am I charging anybody to listen to this? No, go and put your process on YouTube or Venmo, whatever you put it on, Venmo, whatever, and just release it for everybody. Yeah. That important 
and you feel that the system needs to be fixed, put yourself out there for free. Because what I've done is basic and simple, and I'm putting it all out there for free. I even, you know, started the Facebook group, Ethical Sovereignty, and I've said this many times, with the only purpose so that people could follow along, they could look at what I was researching, look at what I was studying, see what I did about it, and also see conclusions from it. And it didn't cost anybody anything. It was all out there for free. And people that have followed a lot of this stuff come back and they're like, oh, my God, Brian, I can't believe it. This worked. And it's like, yeah, imagine that, you know. Yeah, but I, no, I don't I don't say, oh, here's here's my PayPal account. I, I don't do any of that. No, that's exactly why I always tell you, you know, you, you I mean, it's just, you know, I, I appreciate you, Brian. I, I, you're not asking for anything. I've noticed it over the years, over the time. And, you know, it, it means a lot to me. I mean, I'm not a wealthy man, and I, I wish I was. But I'm, and I'm just trying to really get the truth, the truth, because, you know, people say whatever they want. They, they do and that's why like a lot of this gets mixed up in my head because I'm not sure where which road to follow or what to actually believe anymore and that's why I said there's so much disinformation misinformation and no I don't know what the meaning is anymore because everybody changes the meaning of it but I mean well I just, mine's pretty cut and dried if, if you want to go just to uh, Brian Parker uh, Brian with a Y on Facebook Right at the top, it says declaration. Go and, you know, copy and paste that into your search. And right there, I put it all out there for you. If anybody wants to see uh, my resignation as agent for a statutory person or the juridic entity, I put that out there. Yep. I put that out there. In fact, you could probably find this stuff. Just go to your search engine and... Um, use the correct uh, wording and you could probably pull it up there as well in fact i know you can so all this stuff is floating around i've just put it all out there to the open throwing out there to the wind everybody take it do what you want with it you know form it to yourself uh, but just don't add a lot of unnecessary gibberish to it <laughs> okay so here, here's a question let's let's say I, I have a, f a felony on me that's about 20 years old for drug possession. When I was a teenager, I was hanging out with stupid people. Now, that that hinders me from a lot of things. For example, I was looking for a place to live for me and my kids, and I, I couldn't find a place that would accept me because of that past. And so people were like, expunge it, and which I've looked into it, and, you know, I can't afford it right now, but if I was to correct the presumption, would that take that away or would I still have to do it? Uh, no, that's not right. That's not going to directly take things away. And I have a lot of people come to me and that's a problem. Normally people wait until they're in trouble before they go and all they want is just get out of trouble and then they're going to go on their happy way again. Um, I didn't have anything facing me. I didn't have anything pending when I started doing what I was doing which is what i mean it's called preventative medicine and that's what i recommend to people okay. i mean once your foot's in the bear trap your foot's in the bear trap you know what i mean uh you can't go and correct the steps that you took to get your foot into the bear trap and something that happened years ago or whatever no that's that's probably going to stay in place although 
this may alter a few things, but there's also other things that you can do regarding information that's pulled up on you. Um, I've got a link for WordPress out there called opt out. Um, and that's for a basically credit situation. And most people think of credit, they just think money, da, da, da. And everybody says, oh, they're going to come with, you know, a, a social credit score, just like they've got in Asia and think, you know what? They already have it here. You already have a credit for it. That, and that score is also a, also a social credit score. It monitors your behavior and it reports on it. And there's five main agencies that all report on separate things. And so if you've got something in particular that a certain agency is the one that reports on, you do an opt out with them. Okay. And that would be also like that drug charge, possibly. Yeah. And going to do it for everybody. And they're all an espongement. An espongement will not make something disappear across the board point blank for everybody. Doesn't happen that way. That won't, will not occur. There will be agencies or organizations that will still be able to pull up that information, even if it's been expunged. Okay. So I would have to opt out. I mean, because that's really harming me in a way. I, I, it affects me from jobs I can get, homes I can live in or whatever. Well, I'll, and I'll tell you what, I, I will also throw that link down in the description box for this YouTube as well. Okay, awesome. And that has a video attached to it. I recommend people listen to that video. That way they comprehend how the whole situation works. And uh, there's no such thing as a piece of paper where you're just gonna sign on the dotted line and everything goes away. No, you need to be able to defend the actions you've taken if you, because you're gonna be tested. And if you can't defend the actions that you've taken, then they don't mean squat. In fact, it makes you look your idiot than you probably already are. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. You know it's kind of I mean? like, like being in school and the teacher says, well, how did you get the answer? But you can't explain how you got the answer, even if you got it right. Yeah. And I get that. Because yeah. I don't want the answer. I, I you know, I want to be able to get it myself, and I want to know how to get the answer. It's just that. And that's that's that was me when I started out. I wanted to know what the link was between me and date. That was my goal. And I figured that out, and I've branched out from there. And I'm to the point now where I'm really satisfied with all of that and what I've done, and I'm on to other things. But I have no problem coming back and, and discussing issues either. Okay. Now, how do you, or I guess basically like banking, because they all d demand my ID, my social, all this information. And if I, I mean, do I keep my social or? Well, no, all of these topics, each single topics could be one hour episode, right? Yeah, I know, but sure. To cut it to cut, like as clean and dry and quick as I can here. One of the things that, uh, you know, the Patriot movement, truthers, whatever, complain about is all these different agencies and all oh, this isn't government. That's not government. And they bitch about it. Why? Why are you complaining about it? Use that in your favor. Because all social security is, is it is another entity separate from government that you have a totally separate contract with. The social security? Absolutely. And because that's how the United States has set up everything. They've set up everything so that they have, they're following the arm's length doctrine. 
So if you wanted to pinpoint one particular group and say, that's the government, the only one you could really do that with is Congress. Not, do you mean like... And you'll find that in their yeah. own writings. Like because the, the, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Right. Actual legit government. And a lot of people go, oh, it's, it's de facto. It's not a real government. Oh, okay. It's not real. Good. Then they're going to throw you in a jail cell that's not real either um, and serve you food that's not real, <laughs> which they do anyway. <laughs> you know what I mean? Good. Not real good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Complain it's not real all you want. That where's that going to get you? It's going to get you nowhere. Uh, you look at the uh, Montana Freeman. All right, when they they were in court one time, and they came out with these typical arguments. They complained about the seal that was on the wall. They complained about the gold fringe flag. They complained about the judge sitting there in the black robe. And the judge said, "Okay, hold on, let's take a recess for ten minutes." In that ten minutes, he just wore his suit. He took off the black robe, the flag down took the seal down, and then started court back up again and said, okay, let's resume. Because guess what? None of those things are where his authority or jurisdiction comes from. But that's, that's what I call the fluff on the surface. Everybody wants to point to all that stuff. Oh, good. Guess what? None of that stuff means a thing. That's just a distraction. Okay. I mean, I've heard of some of that, like the little gold fringe things on the flag and seals and like now how about uh, and i've also heard about like uh, crossing the what the bar or something I mean, yeah crossing the bar yeah yeah I'm, it just separates the it separates the public from the general public and the general public is the audience out there the gentiles all sitting out there and you can stand there and just talk from over the bar i've seen plenty of court cases where that's happened that doesn't change anything Okay. Yeah, because I've heard people argue oh, if you cross it, you're in your jurisdiction and you need to stay behind it. And I've also heard about, you know, when they say all rise, that you're summoning demons or the, the straw man. Summoning the dead? Yeah, there you go, the dead. Okay. And, Good. Okay. Tell, that the, tell that to the judge. See if it does anything for you. It doesn't make any difference. I mean, I wouldn't. I'm just, you know, I'm just mentioning yeah. things that I have heard and come across and so you know, when when someone that has no clue of any of this, for example, this is the way I came into politics. All right, I was very young, and I never was taught any of it in school because you know I I just I wasn't there often. And you know, one day I started listening to you know talk radio, uh, just driving around, and so basically it's kind of like me walking up to a football game. And asking, hey, what's going on? Oh, they're playing a game. Oh, what is it? Oh, it's called football. Well, how do they play? And someone explained to me the rules. And then as I watch it, I look back and forth and say, well, that team's cheating. And, and so is that team. They're both cheating or whatever, you know. And I start realizing, well, both sides of the, polit the politics are just full of crap. You know, they're all yeah. doing crap. And I'm like, well, where's the truth what's the real i mean this is just bs and that's kind of where i came into it like i knew nothing of it i knew and so it's the same thing with the system the laws and the sovereignty things and so everybody's throwing me information this way that way from over here from there and i'm like what am i supposed to believe what am i supposed to think and you know so that's why i'm here and i'm just you know most people that i ask they'll 
tell me things. They'll throw me a few bones, and then they're like, "Well, you gotta take my course or my class, and it's gonna cost you." And that's where it kind of throws me off. Like, well, you're claiming that you can do all these things, and it's all fake and FRNs, and it's not part of the government. And I'm like, well, then why do you need this from me? And why do you? Right. Want it? So you yeah. know, it gets a little overwhelming, and I feel like an idiot in the end. Well, that's one of the things I say too. You know, if the USD states dollar is fake, if FRNs are fake, and there's no such thing as money, then fine. Uh, give me your bank account number and your PIN number, but nobody will do that. I bet they won't. I know I wouldn't because, I mean, it's I live off of it. It's not much, but I live yeah. off of it. Yeah, well, and, and they say there's no such thing as money. Well, evidently, they haven't gone and looked up the definition of what money is because money is nothing but an accepted medium of exchange. It doesn't matter if it's coffee beans. If both agrees to deal in coffee beans, and guess what? Those coffee beans have become money. No, I, I mean, I agree with that. I, I, I've read a little bit into it. I remember reading that I can't remember what country or nation that they use as money, like notches in a stick or something. I don't know if you ever well, heard that. Well, that was, yeah, yeah, hundreds of years ago, that's what they did. It was called a tally stick. That's where that term tally board came from uh, it was a tally stick and yeah they would cut a notch and it you know whenever there were, it was used for something but okay. and, and there's gonna be people that say well no no money is supposed to be gold and silver okay go read yeah. your constitution yeah it's supposed to be gold and silver and your state was given the authority to do the printing well guess what your state didn't stand up and do what they were supposed to do so what happened congress assigned it to somebody else and that would be the Federal Reserve, I'm assuming? Yep. Well, they, they, what should have been written into the Constitution was that no private company was allowed to uh, distribute or print. Uh, yes. But that was never done. If that had been done, that would have solved a whole lot of problems right there. I can see that. I, okay. Uh, let's see. I, I've even heard as far as uh, that saying, you're worth your weight in gold, and that supposedly they put that amount into your trust. Yeah. Born. I mean, see, I've heard some of the craziest things. That's why I said some of my questions might sound really outrageous, silly, or something. But, well, and, and to that, I say, okay, show me. Show me you're claiming there's an individual trust. The only individual trust I know about there is actually your Social Security. And that's not even really an individual trust because the money you put in there isn't really set aside individually. It's all lumped into one public trust. So, you know, whenever anybody talks about that kind of stuff, it's like, good, show me the trust. You know, I'm worth my weight in gold. Okay. You show me where they made that transfer at. They say that, oh, everybody's a corporation, a legal person's a corporation. Okay, good. All corporations are listed at the SEC, the Security and Exchange Commission. Go on their site find your legal person there if your legal person is a corporation oh i i never heard that but i heard that the same thing except that it was with uh what's it called duns and bradstreet they, they yeah they list entities there as well but the sec uh lists all corporations fcc sec security oh. and exchange commission sec sec sorry yeah, I was actually on. Right. I was actually on a website called uh, a Stack Exchange one time, 
and there was somebody in there saying this that your legal person is a corporation and da 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 well and i'll tell you who it was that was saying it, it was anna von reitz and somebody stepped in from the sec and said whoa 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 we list all corporations uh please show me where you are listed at so and they shut her down immediately when you say all corporations are these uh like uh, how say companies that actually register as corporations or, right okay now, right like for example when i told you i did long care back when my dba is not considered that right it's, it wouldn't be in there would it no it's a okay. corporate entity but it's not a corporation okay um, i just wanted to you know know that and See. corporations aren't recognized until their letters of incorporation have been filed and corporations also have um board directors they have secretaries they have treasurers uh, they hold regular things i mean uh, show me where your legal person that's a corporation does any of that hmm. all right so that pretty much blows that out of the water right there and the pro the real problem is is that people have never been taught they didn't learn this stuff in school you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And so when they hear these legal, and it's really what it's called, is legal fallacies. Things that sound like they're legit, they should be real, but you don't know because you're not. When at the end of the day, it's really a fallacy. It's a falsehood. Okay. And people go and they'll pump those into things they submit to court. And when court sees policies in your paperwork um odds are just nullified all your paperwork it is at all void well you said you're starting to get there a little bit ago on yeah. time or whatever so uh if you want to come back again and uh we can go through some of these things and uh, detail them a little bit more and stuff we could do that I mean, I mean, I I don't stay on a long if it's it's up to you. I just, you know, I just no. I try like and keep these. I try and keep these at like an hour, okay. basically, because people go and you know, some people want to jump on and talk, and you'll end up with like a three-hour call, um, with ten different opinions, but keep it short down to an hour and somebody sees they're more likely to listen to that than they uh, will when they see like a three hour presentation or something. Okay. No, I, that's true. That's true. No, that's fine. I mean, I'm just, like I said, I, I just want to comprehend this stuff better. That way I can make a decision to what I'm actually going to be doing. I mean, like, like, cause uh, you know, I asked earlier about the, the would you say um i don't think you said offset i don't remember the right word opt out opt out like uh right i had gone to court in the court i had been locked up i'm sorry and that was the one where i was there for six months and they i was there for actually six and a half because the six months was for the suspended license and the failure to id and then the the extra two weeks was for the court cost and all i sat it all out and then now they're claiming that I never sat it out and I never paid them for the court fees. And now they're charging me like two grand that I can't afford. And I'm just, I don't know how to fight that. And I don't know how to find out 
you know. Yeah, that's a separate standalone issue. I mean, I, I would say if you serve time to cover the fees and things, then that should be written into the court record, and that should be retrievable without much problem from the clerk of courts. Yeah, they claim that it's not true, but I was there for six and a half months. I'm like, I was there. I don't know how it wasn't true because y'all had me locked up. But Right. Well, that would be written into the record, so I would pull the records on that. Start there. And that would all go through the, I guess, the county clerks, right? Right. Okay. All right. I mean, I appreciate it, man. I mean, I, I probably, you know, hopefully I didn't ask too many stupid questions here. No, not at all. There's no such thing as a stupid question, man. We all had a lot of crazy questions in the beginning. And I know a lot of people that have been in the middle of this stuff for 10 years now. Uh uh, they've even dug themselves in deeper with more stuff. So, <laughs> well, I feel like and that's it, what I've done. I mean, and, and it's really more simple. I mean, just start from the time you were born and look at any interaction that involved the Secretary of State. Those are the things you take care of, cut and dried. Does any of this help with like discharging debt or anything, or is that something completely different? Oh, people discharge debt all the time. Yeah. And if you look at your dollar bill, it says that that dollar bill is good for all debts, public and private, right? Mm -hmm. And since you're using Federal Reserve notes and not gold or silver, the only thing you can do is discharge or set off debt. So every time you're using a Federal Reserve note, you're discharging debt. All that stuff people talk about is a bunch of hogwash. Okay. And now there's another way you know, to have it set off, and that would be go through a court proceeding, and you have a court uh, decide that you're no longer liable for it. That's the only other way. Uh, and sorry, that's probably not something a lot of people are going to want to hear, but <laughs> well, and I, I have experienced that as well. So I only ask because like there's an individual that that he says that all he does is discharge debt for people, but he charges as well, which I don't even get that it makes no yep. sense to me and there, people come and say hey work thanks a lot and, you know they appreciate it and, here, and here's the thing when these people get screwed and i've talked to loads and loads of people who have lost tons of money over these situations but you know what the majority of these people are going to come forward some will come forward and say hey so-and-so screwed me da 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 but you don't see that too often because you know, bottom line, nobody wants to admit they were lied to or that they fell for a lie. People don't want to admit that. Not not in personal life and definitely not in public media. Well, I don't have anything to lose or hide. I just, like I said, I'm seeking the truth and hopefully I can figure it out. Um, and what we gain from... We gain from what we put our energy into and nothing else. There's no free ride, but everybody's looking for one. <laughs> no, I understand. Uh, well, I appreciate it. Uh, you say you're going to put uh, those links down, right? Yep, I'll put those down in the description box on YouTube. All right. I'll, I'll be checking them out. You got it, brother. All well, right. and... Uh, and if you want to jump back on here, um, I think I've got something coming up this coming week. But you want to jump back on here again with me, feel free, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I most definitely will. Like I said, I mean, there's a week. 
man, I, I just, I work so many hours. I'm out there in the heat all day. <laughs> it's just killer. Yeah. Sunday evenings are always good. But, so, I guess, anyway, we'll close out. And, like I tell everybody, or try and remember to tell everybody every week, you know, if you want to try and figure things out and learn what's really happening, you need to learn who you really are, where you're really from, and where you're really at. Because you've deceived on those levels. Good night, guys. Thanks, Max. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.